Good morning, Flagler County. This is Danielle Anderson, your host of Lifeline, the radio show connecting you to positivity here in our community. And we have a super special guest in the studio this morning, all the way from Washington, D.C. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you, Danny? I'm good. Good. Thanks for being here. It's a long journey. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's a beautiful place to be in uh, Flagler County and certainly, uh, um, you know, nice respite from Washington, D.C. I bet it is. And we uh, took you to the scenic route down A1A. So for folks who don't know you, tell them who you are and what you do. My name is Mark Falzone, and uh, I am the president of Scenic America. Scenic America is a national nonprofit that works to preserve, enhance, and protect the visual character and scenic beauty of our country. So scenic beauty is our mission. You are doing it. I, I know I texted you and I'm like, you're doing such a great job. You're probably like, please just stop texting me. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, so tell people how you kind of got into this, um, into Scenic America. And because some people haven't even heard of the organization. Yeah. Scenic America is great. It has a rich history. Um, you know, when you go back, it, it really, uh, you know, people started working on scenic issues in a more formal policy way. Over a hundred years ago, you could go back to Hawaii actually before long before it was a state. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, native Hawaiians and the people who lived in Hawaii really wanted to protect the scenic beauty there. Uh, much like uh, Florida, Hawaii known for its beauty, of course. <laughs> and, uh, and so they wanted to keep it beautiful. And so one of the things that they said is we don't want to have any more, uh, we don't want to have any billboards in Hawaii. And so there was a real, organized movement to make sure billboards did not move in Hawaii. This is, again, over 100 years ago, people were organizing on this. And then uh, they were successful in that. Uh, Hawaii became, you know, the first state in, in, in the U.S., long before it was a state even, uh, to ban billboards uh, and throughout the state of Hawaii. Three other states ended up joining, uh, Alaska, and uh, Vermont and Maine, none of those states have billboards. Wow. And um, uh, and it really does make a difference in the visual uh, character of the landscape. And you fast forward, you know, garden clubs throughout the country got uh, involved and really wanted to, uh, wanted to, you know, also, you know, fight against billboard blight across the country in the t- 1920s and 30s and 40s, etc., and fast forward to then the 1960s and Lady Bird Johnson made uh, visual character and scenic beauty a real uh, priority. And uh, her husband, President Johnson, passed the Highway Beautification Act in her honor. It's also known as Lady Bird's Law. And uh, and so that really helped with billboard and junkyard control along highways. And then from there, um, uh, Scenic America was born sort of out of that movement in 1982, uh, um, a lot of the uh, garden club folks and other scenic beauty advocates said, let's form our own organization. And in 1982, Scenic America was born, and the rest is history. And uh, we are the nation's only uh, um, organization that is dedicated solely to scenic beauty. That's what we do. And uh, as you just as as I just mentioned, uh, fighting against billboard blight is one of the things we do, but it's not the only thing we do. We also we love scenic byways, including <laughs> y- uh, your own A one A. We do. Uh, <laughs> A1A uh, Scenic and Historic uh, Coastal Byway, which, by the way, I should uh, mention, uh, Danielle, is, uh, as you know, uh, now an all-American road, which is... So proud. Yeah, I'm sure so you proud. are. It should be... Everybody in Flagler County should be proud of that because it's quite an honor. There are not many all-American roads across the entire country, and to have one here in Flagler County is a huge honor. And I was honored uh, that you invited me down here last year to be a part of that ribbon cutting, so to speak, and... Uh, and uh, as you got that uh, done and um 
And so we love scenic byways. We love parks and open space. We also would like to see overhead wires go underground. That's one thing a lot of people really, you know, uh, resonate with that because they really, you know, you see overhead wires everywhere and that's something that everybody can relate to. And most people, you know, sometimes you don't think of it, but once you just look at it, I, I came into, I, I ran into one person who said, Mark, you've ruined my life. I keep looking at all these uh, overhead wires. Now I can't stop looking at them. We need to get them underground. And, uh, and I'd say the other thing that we work on is we have uh, like to have strong principles and planning and placemaking and making sure that um, everything is in its uh, proper context. That way we have good quality development. And I want to stress that we are not anti-development. Uh, we're a pro-environmental organization that is all pro-development, but it, we're pro-good development. We don't want to see bad development. And there's a huge difference between good development and bad development. So I was hoping, you know, when we were coming over here, some of the things that, that you might notice was a1a we do have those uh utilities still above ground and that's something notice. we're working and then we've got a lot of uh development going on here and so it, it's important for the people who are listening to realize like this is our opportunity to make sure that the things that are being put in place are beautiful and, and consistent with the community's character that's right it being consistent with community character is 100 percent right danielle and and that's one of the things that you know we really advocate for is everything's about context so when you are looking at a development, um, you know, if you are going to have, let's say, you know, a franchise restaurant in or something like that, it's okay to do that. But remember, they are your guests, right? So they were willing to put their franchise in uh, and play by your rules. Now, they may not say so up front, but they will do it. I have seen Walmarts that uh are not the the blue and yellow that you know we're used really? to seeing absolutely wow and and they're and are a different design than just the big box you know uh there's one in dc that's brick you know um and that's because the 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 folks you know in government and the neighbors said no if you're going to be a neighbor here this is how we want you to look this that's is the aesthetic awesome. we're looking for and so it doesn't matter how big and you know they don't come in much bigger than Walmart right yeah. it doesn't matter how big they are there's a uh, a McDonald's in uh Sedona out in Arizona that um uh they they don't have the big you know red and yellow arch uh, uh arches they have uh, a, a monument uh, level sign, and it is uh, purple and turquoise. And, and Arizona is really beautiful. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and that M though, that M, it's not red and yellow. It's purple and turquoise because, again, the local design uh, design board, design review board, and the local policymakers said, hey, you know what, we're happy to have a McDonald's here. But if we're going to do it, these are the rules that, you know, you need to play by. And so uh, and so ultimately, remember, a lot of people feel as though they don't have a choice. And if you take one thing out of this interview, I hope that everybody out there realizes that you do have a choice. And so whether you're a policymaker that's listening or just a, a citizen, you know, we have choices over the aesthetics that surround us. And these aesthetics have profound profound impacts on our mental health, on our physical health, uh, and on our quality of life in particular. It also has a tr tremendous impact on our economic development. And so this is real dollars and cents in addition to quality of life. And so you want to do it right. Uh, you're going to be able to attract higher quality, 
development if it's next to higher quality <laughs> development. And so that's the thing, right, is that you want to have a good visual aesthetic so that way when you come in uh, and you're looking to pitch, like, the next project to, uh, you know, developers or whatever, they can see the vision. Uh, I, there's a story that I love to tell where um, there was a uh, – this is in Louisiana. We got this from one of our – chapters uh, uh one of our affiliates uh scenic lafayette in lafayette louisiana and there they tell a story uh that they had this developer who was going to come in and was planning to invest millions and millions of dollars like you know 10 20 30 million dollars into this project and he got off the plane and landed and um you know they escorted him from the airport into the town and he was looking around and uh he really uh, uh, was impressed, and he had a good tour. And then on his way back, they said he said, oh, I'll find my way back to the airport myself, so don't worry about it. And so he took his own way back to the airport. He didn't get escorted in. Uh, and he the way he took, he happened to pass all these billboards. And when he got to the airport, he called the city officials and said, you know what? I've already made my decision. I don't think that you guys are ready uh, for for a developer like me. I'm looking for high quality, and I just passed so many billboards that I am just not. I, I don't think we're compatible, and so I'm not going to invest here. So that was he literally made that decision while he was still at the airport because of what he saw on his way in the drive to that airport. So you know that the aesthetics make a difference for economic development in a big way, as we like to say, beauty is good for business. And I know that uh, some of the surrounding communities have really put that um, into their planning because when site selectors come, you know, they take them a particular way or they skip a certain, um, you know, route that they wouldn't take. But, you know, the community has risen up and said, hey, we want this to be cleaned up or we want the blight taken care of. And they're listening and they're making those changes. And you can really see that the growth and the kind of jobs it's bringing into the community. It's it's tremendous. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you can definitely bring in higher quality jobs. You can bring in more jobs. And also, again, the quality of life, think about this, you know, whether you're a resident or a, a tourist, right? Let's say you want to go golfing uh, and all of a sudden you're golfing and you see like, you know, overhead wires over by the ninth hole or you see a billboard by the 18th hole or something like that. You know, I mean, it 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 ruins the experience, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's and, and golfing is important to the economy here, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And so that's something that, you know. It's all about context. And as I said before, everything's about context. So as much as I've said I I don't like billboards that much, and and I really don't, right, Uh, there are places where billboards make sense. For example, uh, if you're in Times Square, a digital, you know, billboard makes a lot of sense. That we would be pro digital billboard in the middle of Times Square, just like we would be pro um, you know, on-premise business, digital sign, flashy sign along the Vegas Strip. Everything's in context, right? So there are certain things that make sense in certain places, but those digital billboards, they don't make sense in most places. And I think that's what people don't really realize is that you guys are, you're not just anti-everything, but there's an opportunity as long as it fits with the community. That's exactly right. As, as we said a little while ago, we're pro-good development. I think that a lot of times, um, and, and, you know, in some environmental groups, you know, maybe are, you know, more on the anti-development side. We're actually not anti-development. We're pro-development. We're just pro-good development. And, you know, to drive that point home, um, you know, we don't care just about the natural beauty of America. We also care about the built environment. 
right? So we're not just about, we love trees and we love natural landscapes. So I'm not saying we don't. Of course we do. <laughs> Big tree right? huggers. Right, right. But we also really appreciate good design, good architecture, you know, well, uh, uh, well-designed neighborhoods uh, and vibrant uh, areas where people can live, work, and play. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about why it's important and how you can help support Scenic America. We'll be right back. Hey, who's taking care of your air conditioner? If you don't have somebody good, give me a call. My name's Kyle. I've been doing air conditioning in Flagler County for 13 years. I'm now with Quantum AC. We look forward to being your air conditioning company. If you haven't had a checkup in a while, you really should. Call Kyle's cell phone number anytime. Okay. I'm Joe Wright, Quantum AC, part of the Quantum family. 586-9039. I look forward to your call. 586-9039. I, I really like Coastal Cloud. I'm blessed to have uh, you know, opportunities to move elsewhere, but I choose to stay with them just because of the culture, the people I work with. I believe in what Tim and Sarah have built here, the type of people they are. I believe they do what's right, so I really like the people and the culture. All right, welcome back. We're here on Lifeline with Scenic America President Mark Falzone, and we're talking about good, responsible development. So, you know, Palm Coast is actually coming to a place where we're doing a westward expansion, you know, and it's an opportunity to kind of map out what the next section of our our whole entire community is going to look like. So are you seeing a trend more towards like walkable communities, more multimodal, all those kinds of things? Yeah, I I think that we're definitely seeing that trend, and it's a good trend uh, because, you know – People are getting tired of driving everywhere, and so there is a sense of like, uh, and it does. And it's not for every place. I want to be clear; it's not for every place. But for those, there's probably a use case for this in most places, though, where you want to have, um, you know, a, a neighborhood where you can actually, you know, have mixed use development where you have, you know, retail on the bottom floor. And housing uh, on the top two or three or four floors, depending on how tall you go. And in some places you'd want to go taller and in some places you wouldn't. It depends on, again, context, right? Right, right. So like in Washington, D.C., you wouldn't have, you know, a, a 30, you know, floor um, skyscraper because in Washington, D.C., you know, we try to keep things kind of low. So that way it accentuates the monuments like the Washington so Monument. Pretty. Right, in the Capitol and, you know, the White House and all of the amazing architecture we have. But if you go across the river to Arlington, Virginia, yes, a 30-story building would make sense there. And so a lot of this, again, is about – and by the way, those people overlook all of the, you know, um, <laughs> uh, monuments. They get to see it all as well. So it sort of works in both ways, and it's, it's a synergistic relationship. Um, and so um, – but, yeah, uh, so that way you have that mixed use of uh, um, residential alongside – uh, commercial retail, um, and uh, and so that way you can um, actually have a self-contained neighborhood where people can walk to the grocery store. They can walk to their favorite, you know, one or two restaurants. You know, a lot of people have their go-to restaurants, and hopefully yeah. you can find that uh, in your in your neighborhood and walk to it. I mean, there's nothing better than that, right? Dude, and we're seeing kind of like the. It's really interesting as Daytona is kind of forming those kinds of communities that are that walkable, all-encompassing place. I think it's a it's a great concept. So, okay, switching gears. Since you've been president of C. 
Scenic America, what are some of the things you're most uh, proud of as accomplishments? Yeah, I'd say that, um, you know, we've had a remarkable success in our advocacy work. Uh, in the past four years, we have had 12 wins in Congress. And it's something that I, and I would put that record up against any other environmental group in the country um, because we're just really good at it. We're really effective on the Hill. And I think part of it is our approach to it. We really approach our issues in a bipartisan fashion. We really work across party lines. We try to build coalitions. And, you know, it's easy for us to do that because, honestly, who's against scenic beauty, right? Yeah, right. If you're a Democrat <laughs> or a Republican, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we've pulled our issue many times, even like our more controversial issues. If you consider being against billboards controversial, it's, it's really not, it turns out. You know, it turns out that, uh, you know, 85% or so of people in both parties, uh, you know, are for scenic beauty and would like to see less billboards and things like that. So this is something where, uh, you know, if whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you're for good quality of life, you're for beauty in your life. And so, you know, that's, you know, one of those things where we really try to be intentionally reach across the aisle and make sure that we have champions supporting us in, in both parties. And so um, uh, we've been remarkably uh, successful there in some examples. You know, one example, uh, Danny, that uh, really was our first um, uh, uh, in 2019, uh, almost four years ago, uh, probably like four years and two months ago now, uh, the Reviving America Scenic Byways Act passed. That now, was a miracle. <laughs> miracle. Well, I mean, it had it. it, it you know, it, it's funny. I love coming to a place like Flagler County because you can see, you know, when you're in Washington, D.C. and you get a law passed, you know, it's sort of abstract, right? Uh, but then you come to a place like Flagler County where you see that where how the law has impacted um, in real life. And, you know, A1A, uh, you know, scenic and historic coastal byway, uh, you know, wouldn't have been able to become an all-American road if not for the Reviving America Scenic Byways Act of 2019. And some of our neighbors were able to become national scenic byways, which just puts more accolades for our state. That's right. You know, and again, think of not only what that means for beauty and recognition, but what it also means for tourism and economic development. This is real. Um, this is real dollars and cents that make a big difference. Uh, it also, you know, provides some level of protection against, um, you know, outdoor advertising and billboard blight, which is really great. But, you know, overall, um, you know, that's probably, you know, one of the most, uh, you know, you, you asked me, like, what am I most proud of? That's probably one of the biggest ones because it was our first, number one, which you never forget your first. Right. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and on top of that, um, uh, we did that on such a shoestring at the time. The good news is we've grown since then as an organization. But, you know, I did so much of that work on my own, literally going to hundreds of meetings on the Hill, you know, uh, working to get that bill passed. And, um, and it was after it passed the House of Representatives, I sort of looked back and said, okay, I've only had one meeting in the Senate. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh so my gosh. here we go again. Uh, but at that point, we actually had raised enough money to hire a lobbyist. And, and the cool thing is, like, it's when you see the people, they're the unlikely champions that step up and say yes. You know, the people you think will say yes, they, you know, they kind of leave you hanging and I'll call you back. But then the other people are like, oh, my gosh, we love this idea. Let me let me let me help you. 
That's right. You know, um, it's not always, you know, uh, again, a lot of people assume that, you know, one party or another party will automatically support this. And the truth is, you know, there's no um, there, there isn't d- don't think that way because uh, it really depends on, you know, dynamics and individual, um, uh, um, you know, uh, relationships and on individual opinions on what's important. I was at a fundraiser for a uh, for a U.S. senator about mm, three or four months ago. And uh, this senator happens to have a lot of power in this uh, area that we work in, in the transportation area. And his wife was at the uh, this fundraiser. And I talked to his wife for a while, and she was telling me how much she loves our issues and all this stuff and going on about that. And uh, she said, well, let me, you know, Mark, is there some way I can help? Is there anybody I can call? I said, well, you could make one call. Your husband, <laughs> right, right. You know, so that's how oh you know we get in. You know, you just never know what's going to make the difference in in talking to different people. Do you ever see another ladybird coming along who who really champions this? It, you know, it could be. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, it, you know, this. You know, we we would love to have another ladybird Johnson because she was truly a special and unique woman who um, really you know pioneered this issue um, for. Uh, for our country, uh, really, we, we owe Lady Bird Johnson a great debt of gratitude. And as much as like in, you know, and it, this is going to vary per state. In some states, there are more billboards than others, right? right? In some areas of states, there are more billboards than others. But I guarantee you, it would be exponentially worse if it wasn't for Lady Bird Johnson. I think that's incredible. So, you know, we're coming up on Giving Tuesday. What are some of the things that people can do? And because you guys, you don't really do memberships per se, right? You, you, you have donors or donations that help support what you do, right? That's right. Uh, yeah, we're, we are not a, a lot of people say, oh, you know, who are your members? And the truth is anybody can be a member. We are not a, um, uh, we're not a membership based organization. Anybody can be a part of it. We're really accessible and, uh, and I encourage people to uh, go to scenic.org. Uh, slash donate and uh, contribute for Giving Tuesday. And, uh, in, and by the way, don't just contribute for Giving Tuesday. Give throughout the year. Become a recurring member or a recurring donor to Scenic America uh, because it really does make a difference. And uh, we rely on contributions from folks to in order to better the country. We're a 501c3 charity. We're a charity just like any other charity. And, uh, and we do uh, rely on investments and, uh, and, uh, and uh, donations from our supporters. And so we really would appreciate any, anybody out there that wants to contribute. Go to scenic.org. You never realize like what one dollar can make a difference. Oh, absolutely. Because remember, it's not just you giving a dollar; it's your neighbors giving a dollar, and you know, next thing you know, you have you know tens of thousands of dollars coming in, you know, just in small donations. So it makes a huge difference. It does, and so I know, like every once in a while, you guys will send out um, an email when there's a, a really big issue, and if people are not on your email list, what? How can they get involved? Yeah, no, absolutely. We we want we want you to join our email list, and so again. Uh, if you go to www.scenic.org, um, again, that's scenic as in S-C-E-N-I-C, uh, as in Scenic America. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, if you go to scenic.org, you can join us and really be a part of, of what we're doing. Um, you can go to scenic.org slash join and, uh, and, and really, uh, you know, be a part of our list. We encourage you to join our list because, uh, we have actions happening all over the country at any given point. 
Um, you know, we've been coast to coast, uh, with actions just in the last, you know, two months. We've been, uh, having, you know, um, scenic issues all over the country. And you can lend your voice to that. So that way, when there is something in your, uh, part of the country that really, you know, needs attention and needs you to write to your elected officials, we're going to make it real easy for you. And so, uh, we'd ask you to, to, to help, uh, do that. So again, it's, uh, scenic.org, uh, uh, join us there. And, um, what I'd also say is that sometimes those actions are national because we also need Congress to do a lot of things. For example, um, A1A, um, uh, scenic and historic coastal byway has the opportunity to apply for a national scenic byway program funds. Well, scenic America is the, you know, the nation's leading advocate for those funds, uh, in, uh, leading the charge in Congress to get that done. Well, right now we have $20 million in the Senate bill for FY, for fiscal year 24. Uh, FY 2024. Uh, but we have nothing in the House right now. Um, and so what we need is we need folks to rise up and, uh, and, and, and really uh, advocate for those funds. So that's why it's important to go to our website and join our list. And I just want to say, you know, when we talk about that applying for those funds, uh, it's that Flagler County uh, Visitor ecotourism discovery center so you know it's going to have not just a regional impact but what it does is it's going to be you know a connector coast to coast for our trail system i mean when we talk economic impact that's that's a big deal right there for us huge so hopefully you guys will um, make sure you go join that list and do all those things so quick off the side thing i heard you're a beatles fan what's your favorite beatles favorite Beatles song <laughs> i am a beatles fan i'm not sure I, where, where you got that one from oh that you know what it was I, a podcast yes i was on a that's right i was on the beatles channel on uh and uh and i did my my fab four uh the where you choose four songs i did a scenic themed list of uh, four songs uh, my personal favorite beatles song and this is kind of like one of those classics that everybody loves is hey jude oh really i'm a huge shave jude fan i've seen uh, paul mccartney twice in concert and uh it's just so special to hear the whole stadium you know rocking wow. and singing along to, to hey jude so i was growing up in virginia and one year um the radio station got stuck on repeat and they played hey jude for 24 hours <laughs> and I, like, I don't know if i could ever listen to that song again <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So once again, you guys go check it out. It's scenic.org and you can get involved with all the wonderful things happening with Scenic America. And Mark, thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. We want to thank Coastal Cloud, uh, Joe Wright and the Quantum Family of Businesses, WNZF News Radio and Flagler News Weekly. You guys have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. 